Hello and welcome to the 15th episode of Clinical Controversies. My name is Haven and today we will be discussing surrogacy, the process of assisting the reproduction of parents who are incapable of doing so, and the concern of the identity of the child and whether it is the surrogate or the biological parents that are the true parents. Now to most, this seems like a question with an obvious answer, and for me, this also seemed to be. All surrogates are just that, they are substitutes, and substitutes can never be the true thing. Or can they? Even though it is the biological parents whose DNA is shared with the child, and they are the ones who, in a sense, give permission to the surrogate to have their baby, is it not the surrogate that takes care of the baby during pregnancy and the one who eventually has to give birth to that baby? Many argue that being pregnant is a huge part of being a parent, and that those who have to carry the baby and take care of it during that time deserve the title of parent, not solely, but maybe as another parent to that child. But then, what of those that adopt? They are not the ones that are pregnant with a child, they just take care of them afterwards. Similar to the surrogate biological parent situation, the only difference is that it is the biological parents that give the baby away in adoption situations, which while in the, it is the biological parents that take care of the baby after the pregnancy in surrogate situations. There's also the tricky situation of traditional surrogacy versus gestational surrogacy. Traditional surrogates get artificially inseminated with the man's sperm, become pregnant, and give birth to the child for the other people to raise. But the traditional mother is the biological mother because their egg was used. With gestational surrogacy, eggs are gathered from the mother, fertilized by the father, and that fertilized egg will be then placed into the uterus of the gestational surrogate. This process is called in vitro fertilization. While the gestational surrogate is one that carries a child, their egg was not used, they have no biological ties to the baby. In the U.S., gestational surrogacy is less complex legally. That's because both intended parents have genetic ties to the baby. As a result, gestational surrogacy has become more common than a traditional surrogate. The ethical and legal issues are that parental rights aren't guaranteed after surrogate pregnancy. The law continues to change as reproductive technology and the very definition of a parent changes. There isn't a federal law on surrogacy and state laws vary. After surrogate pregnancy in some states, you may still have to pass adoption proceedings to gain legal custody of the child. In other states, a declaration of parentage before birth lets you avoid having to adopt the baby. Even in states that do recognize and allow surrogacy contracts, surrogacy is a legally complicated issue, and in many cases, laws are vague at best. But there are many states where traditional surgery is banned. Traditional surrogacy, my bad, is banned. Because the surrogate mother is the biological mother, they basically have parental rights over the child. What then will the intended parents do? Go to court over custody of the child they planned? Or what of instances of gestational surrogacy where the surrogate mother, who is not the biological mother, wants to be involved in the child's life? Should they be allowed to as they are the ones who carried and gave birth to the child? Or do they have no right because they are not genetically related to that baby? They are not the intended parent. And one of the very important question of how surrogacy impacts a surrogate's own children. Even though it was found in a study by V. Java and S. Emery published in the Human Reproduction Journal in 2013 under the title Children of Surrogate Mothers, Psychological Well-Being, Family Relationships, and Experiences of Surrogacy, that the children of surrogate mothers do not experience any negative consequences as a result of their mother's decision to be a surrogate, irrespective of whether or not the surrogate uses her own egg, the children of those surrogate mothers could still have questions or concerns even though they do not experience those negative consequences. And again, what of the surrogates? Even if they are compensated, they still have to go through the process of being pregnant. Surrogacy is 
physically demanding. In addition to the typical physical challenges of pregnancy, you will need to undergo additional screenings, appointments, fertility treatments, and more. Surrogacy, surrogacy can also be emotionally challenging. Pregnancy is often stressful, but can even be more challenging when you are carrying someone else's baby. And moreover, it requires a significant time commitment between screening appointments, meetings with the intended parents, and the legal and medical process. Surrogacy can be time-consuming and it often takes a year or longer to complete the entire process. With those hardships in mind, is it that much of a difficult thing to allow surrogate parents to want to be a little bit involved in the child's life? But then, what of the intended parents? They are called intended for a reason, because they are supposed to be the child's parents, and because of that, shouldn't they have a say in who gets to be a part of their child's life and prevent them from being in contact with the surrogate mother for whatever reason the intended parents have, if they have one? Because of all of these situations and instances and variables I have described, surrogacy very easily falls into the gray areas of ethics. It is such a tricky situation because there isn't even one situation as all are unique. It cannot just be up to the people involved it cannot, and it cannot just be up to the law. For I hope you leave listening to this podcast with the other perspective in mind. Thank you for listening and come back next time where I will discuss yet again another clinical controversy.